0: Thank you for your this day. We ask, Lord God, for your uh, blessing and grace upon our time together. Uh, Lord, we acknowledge our neediness of your spirit and your truth from your word and hunger for those things, Lord. So we ask that you would be pleased to be present with us this morning, that your spirit would guide us into all truth, that we uh, might order our steps in accordance with your word, uh, that we would walk in a manner pleasing to you, and that we would be fruitful unto every good work which you have called us unto as your people. We pray that our Lord Jesus Christ would be exalted this morning, uh, that uh, songs that we sing, that that, Lord God, that you have put in our hearts uh, that we might sincerely worship, Uh, that we might give you our attention and show that respect that is rightfully yours as Lord and God. Uh, We pray for your blessing now upon our time together as we open your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6 this morning, so... That's pretty exciting. I uh, look forward to getting to this uh, section of, of our study in the book of Romans. And uh, it's a, a new kind of new section. Uh, the first five chapters, the Apostle Paul deals with the justification by faith that... Uh, has been given to the believer in Christ Jesus through his covenant, the covenant that was made in his blood. <clears throat> and uh, as we get to chapter 5, he begins to transition. And we looked at those things last week where having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're brought into a relationship of reconciliation with Jesus Christ. And we've also uh, obtained access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Uh, so the transition being made is into that state uh, and the relationship of reconciliation that we now have with God through our Lord Jesus Christ because uh, he paid the full penalty for our sins. Uh, the wages of sin was death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh and uh, so we have come into uh, this relationship with our Lord Jesus, and there's some questions that come up from our, our previous chapter uh, in regard to this uh, new relationship that we have through Christ to the Father uh, and uh, that, uh, that Adam uh, from the garden and our relationship to him and his fallen nature, uh, and by contrast, in Jesus Christ, the new nature that we have in him. And so we want to explore those things this morning. But I I thought that uh, just um, thinking in regard to uh, this transition that's made, this, this very radical thing that takes place when we become justified by faith, And we actually become, as the scripture says, uh, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the children of God, the sons of God. And so in Jesus Christ, we take on a whole new class of of people that are are given new spiritual life, uh, just as as mankind through Adam uh, under its fallen state uh, is uh, on planet earth, uh, so also because of Jesus Christ's work on the cross of Calvary is this entrance into a new uh, class of people, uh, and they're, they're the righteous. They're those that are made righteous in Jesus Christ, having been justified by faith and given the righteousness imputed to us just as Adam's uh, sin was imputed uh, to the human race uh, and we were born uh, dead in our sins spiritually dead in Jesus Christ we're ushered into new life as the children of God and the spirit of God has been given to us we have access into this grace and, and, uh, and we hope uh, is, our hope is not disappointed because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the holy spirit that has been given unto us have new spiritual life in jesus christ and it's been his righteousness has been imputed to your account it's been given to you as a free gift of eternal life and in these things we worship this morning we celebrate we rejoice in what god Has done. So uh, let's consider that we're after his kind. We're after the nature of our Lord Jesus Christ now because his Holy Spirit has been given unto us. And as the scripture says, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, is God's people. Uh, There's new life for us, there's righteousness. The righteousness of Christ that is not only experienced. In our justification uh, as we've been released from the penalty and the guilt of sin, but also in this next section that we're looking at, in our sanctification as God releases us from the power of sin over our lives through the righteousness that has been imputed to our account through Jesus Christ, which we may receive in the same manner in which we came to justification. By faith in Jesus Christ, by faith we may receive the, the power of Christ's righteousness and it's enacted in our lives. And that's, that's God's plan for you. That's what he has determined and what he desires. So uh, let's look then at, at uh, Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. I'm just going to read first four verses this morning and look at these truths. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be, or God forbid, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. And as we look at these truths, first of all, we want to consider that Christ has fathered. He has has birthed into new being. Uh, As as was said in the the scripture and as Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, and we talked about previously, uh, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And I could take those same words to you. And in the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I would say to each person, it's not important for you to be religious because Nicodemus was an extremely extremely religious man, and and he uh, kept the law meticulously and taught the law meticulously. And Jesus said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be reborn. You must have the Holy Spirit. There must be a change, a transformation that takes place on the inside. And so Christ fathered a new source of life for us in the giving of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we're given access into this grace, uh, and that—that's—and uh, he's—he's uh, poured out his love to us through his son, and he has given unto us the Holy Spirit of God, so that Holy Spirit of God creates new life within us, new spiritual life, because we were spiritually dead in Adam one. We were without hope, without. Uh, any way for man uh, of his own means or own nature to save himself. And so it is with our sanctification, our experience of <clears throat> God's grace over the death of sin that still courses through the, un- uh, through the believer, the flesh is still inept. It's still uh, inoperable uh, as far as salvation is concerned. But the grace of God by the Spirit and the power of God that works within us, that power that God has given to us in the salvation of Jesus Christ is able to give us victory and power over sin. So uh, you may be in your seats this morning thinking in terms "Well, you don't understand, I have been a miserable failure in living the Christian life. And I constantly come up short in things. And I I don't understand. I'm supposed to be saved, a saved person. Why are these things and why are these struggles in my heart and life this day? And uh, the, the answer to that is that the flesh wars against the spirit. It will always war against the spirit. And your flesh will go to the grave not wanting to serve God, not wanting to do what is right, not wanting to... follow the commands of our Lord and the ways of our Lord, uh, it will always be in opposition. And the scripture teaches us here that it must be taken to death. So Christ, but the point is that Christ has given us a source of life through the, the indwelling Holy Spirit. And that source of life, that power of the Holy Spirit at work within you is able to deliver you It's the power of God. It's the glory of God's salvation that delivers us. And it's delivered by grace through faith in Christ. By grace through faith. Not because we pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Not because of the strength or the wisdom of man. But by the grace of God and by the indwelling spirit and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is life for us as God's people. And there's righteousness to be attained and a higher level of living that is the result of what Jesus Christ has fathered in you and fathered in me. So in our failures, we can know that Christ cannot never fail. And he that began a good work within you will complete it until the day of redemption. You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit until that day of redemption and there will be a resurrected body and life and glory and the true experience of of a utopia in God's presence that we can only imagine at this time. But Christ has fathered a source of life for us. He's given to us this new life. And so the scripture reads, what shall we say then? Are we to continue? And this is the word that that's used for abiding in, in uh, Christ uses it in, in John chapter 15. He says, abide in me, dwell within me, uh, remain in me. These are, this is the, the idea. And the, the question that's being asked here is, are we to abide in sin? Are we to remain in sin? Uh, are we to continue in sin? And this question comes up, and it came up because of if you look back in chapter five at verse twenty, what does chapter five and verse twenty have to say uh, to us? He says, he says, and the law came in that the transgression might increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So, what is what is, what are we looking at here when we we talk about this uh, this passage um, that? Uh, uh, is um, it, it? It tells us that that many transgressions are forgiven by the grace of God, and that that the grace of God abounds uh, in times where sin is highlighted. And the purpose? What was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the law, according to to uh, chapter three and verse nineteen and twenty. That whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law that every mouth may be closed. In other words, accountability to God. And all the world may become accountable to God because by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. For through the law comes knowledge of sin. So the law came to increase the knowledge of our sin, to increase the understanding of our accountability to God. But it had no power to save. And... In verse 20 here, it says that, that grace increased more because of sin and because of that highlighting of sin. And so the natural conclusion that, that some of the legalists and the Jewish people would think in terms of is, well, if that's the case, then we ought to just cut loose and sin." Uh, because if grace is going to abound more and God is is going to forgive and it's, it's going to highlight the grace and goodness of God, then we should continue in sin. We should continue to commit sin. Uh, but that's not the purpose uh, that, that God has for us as his people. Uh, he wants for us to shine his lights in the world and he wants to deliver us not only from the guilt and the penalty of sin, but also from the power of sin. And that is the glory of the coming of our Lord Jesus. Stephen Cole had this to say, if God's response to increased sin is abundant grace, then why not sin more? And this would be the conclusion that we would come to. But our identity in Christ is, and the thing that's being said here, is that it's against uh, our nature because we've been birthed into the righteousness of Jesus Christ, uh, may it never be because we have been birthed into Christ's nature and he's the source of life within us now. So by faith, there's how we feel and there's actually what God has to say about us, what he has to say in his word. And so the challenge then becomes... uh, or we, will we exercise the law of faith toward righteousness? Or will we try and strive in the energy or the exercise of the flesh to do uh, what we cannot do as God's people? So there's a, a preemptive question then on this antinomianism. Okay? And here's a big word for us. But uh, if we break it down, it's, it's, a, it's a good word to be used. Uh, is the works of the law or the hearing of the flesh... So if we go to to, um, Romans 3.27, where then is boasting? It is excluded by what kind of law? By the law of works? No, but by a law of faith. By a law of faith. Uh, Our boast, and and let me put it this way, our hope for deliverance, our hope for salvation, our boast is, Is by a law of faith in what God said and in the power of God and not in the energy of the flesh exercised by works or by the law. That's the principle, that's the truth that's being taught here. Because we can strive and try very hard, and Nicodemus certainly uh, was uh, committed to the law and to religion and to works, Uh, but Jesus was saying, You're short. Of, uh, we have fallen short of the glory of God, and there needs to be a transformation, an inner transformation of the heart and the attitude uh, toward God of rebellion and man striving to take lordship and be in control of himself and out of that relationship of submission to the Father and to our, our Creator and Lord and God is, is part of the fall, it's part of that original sin. So, our original sin can be expressed in religion. It can be expressed in these things. But the law of faith is exercising a boast or exalting in the power and glory of God to do in and through us what we cannot do in the flesh. So, um, antinomianism then is anti, against, or opposite. And nomos is the word, the Greek word for law. Antinomianism is is simply uh, that which is against or opposed to the law, and that's not what is being taught. It's not what the the apostle Paul is saying, but he is saying that uh, that the by the law of faith is the completion of of the law. It's it's how we how the law is. Uh, is actually fulfilled or completed in our lives. So antinomianism is that which is lawless, that which is against or opposed to the law. And we're not that. When you, when you trust in Christ and you live by faith in the grace of God within you, it doesn't equal antinomianism. It doesn't equal lawlessness and turning from the law. It's actually the fulfillment and completion of the law, but with the inner attitude that uh, that which flows out of the heart and out of the life. So hope that makes sense to you. Um, and so if we look at Romans 3.31 there, uh, do, the, do we then nullify the law through faith through the law of faith, well, no, may it never be. And here's that same phrase again that's used. On the contrary, we establish the law. So Paul has already taught these things as we were going through the issues of sin uh, and justification from, from sin and from breaking the law, those that uh, both Jews and Gentiles, um, the, uh, the Jews that had the law, uh, then if you have the law, it's a trespass when you violate uh, what you know to be God's word. Um, so, uh, but the, the fulfillment by flesh is the establishment of the law in our lives. So when the scripture says, and it, it teaches us that we're uh, to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven, that's, our, that's Christ's goal. Uh, For us as his children. That we would honor our father. And honor God with righteousness. And we can't find that within, within our humanity under Adam. But in Jesus Christ. Righteousness has been imputed to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit has been given. And the power of God's salvation is made known to God's people. And that salvation is by faith in the power of God within us, right? Okay, so, uh, all right, then we'll look at uh, regeneration then. It exchanges our Adamic nature with a new father. So it, if we use things as Jesus did, like in, in uh, um, John chapter 15, where I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bears much fruit. We find that, that Christ is, is the root of the tree here, and and uh, in regeneration and being born again, uh, there's this source of life through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And he remember that he ascended to the heaven, uh, but with his Father and sent the Holy Spirit to indwell us as his children. And that source of Christ, being abiding in him, and his Spirit abiding in us is where the power to bear fruit to righteousness comes because it's not found in Adam. Because in Adam's sin and transgression, we spiritually died, and there's no fruit to be born out of the nature of Adam. So what do we do with the nature of Adam then? Uh, He's taken to the cross of Calvary with Jesus Christ. He is identified with Jesus Christ by faith. So what Romans chapter 6 and, and verse 2 says here then is, May it never be, how shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Okay? If we died to sin, here's the, the general principle, is that uh, that we've been crucified with Christ, and so if we die to sin, how can we live any longer in it? So Paul is is, is teaching the, the logical... Um, uh, outcome of, of what Christianity is here and, and what the work of Christ has done for us. And the logical act, outcome is that when we died in Christ, we died to sin. And you say, well, that's peculiar because I don't feel like I've died to sin. I'm having trouble with my sin life uh, this very week, and I'm here feeling pretty rotten because... Uh, mostly, I've experienced failure, and uh, what I would say to that is, it's the nature in our flesh when we try in the flesh to experience failure, right? Uh, because it's if if we look at it in a realistic way, our, our very the very nature of who we are is that we try, try, try again, uh, and if we're try, try, trying again by the power of of our flesh in Adam, we're going to fail, fail, fail again. Um, but Christ in you, Christ, the power of God within you, the Spirit of God at work within you is able to do something miraculous. Just as miraculous as it was for Christ on the cross of Calvary to bear your sin and pay the full penalty for your sin and to give you new life, uh, it, in, in the sanctification experience, there is a transfer of God's power by faith, by grace through faith, into your life that gives victory over sin. There's no boasting. No boasting in ourselves. No boasting in, in what we did. But it's boasting in the glory of God. Boasting in the power of God. And that's Romans 5, right? You know, um, Uh, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have obtained access into this grace wherein we stand and exult, we boast, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. What are we boasting in? We're not boasting in our power. We're not boasting in something that we did. But we're boasting in the power of God to transform To do what only God can do. And it's found only in Jesus Christ. He is the way and the truth and the life. And just as salvation, deliverance from the penalty of our sin, uh, cannot be accomplished outside of this relationship with him, so it is in sanctification. It can't be accomplished outside of our connection with him. That's why the intimacy of your relationship is so hugely important in living the Christian life and experiencing sanctification. It's knowing Christ. It's abiding in Him. It's the intimacy of the person of Christ and your relationship within Him that draws you away from the things of this world into the beauty of the righteousness and the holiness and the goodness and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see His person and we know Him because the Spirit of God has awakened our heart and and given light and truth to us in the beauty of Jesus Christ. And I pray, I pray that God draws my heart to long after the Lord Jesus, to long after his righteousness, to long after the, the, the intimacy of that personal relationship with Jesus Christ that is so necessary for us because he is the source of our life. He it is that we have our boast. The Lord Jesus is the one that is able. He is is glorious and His splendor is beyond our our ability to lay hold of. But He's beautiful in His person, and His character. God, uh, uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, you know, what's the choice? We can wallow around in sin and grabbing after temporal things in the the muck of this earth. Uh, we can see the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ and long for Him and long for that that's deepest within our heart. That's the glory of the the salvation that is in Christ. It's the glory of the of the in the beauty of of sanctification and and de- God's deliverance, His salvation. He is the God of your salvation. Long for him. Long for the relationship. It's it's time for us to to put aside that that dullness of hearing, dullness of heart, and and that that sickening uh, uh, refusal to to take uh, the time and to enter into that deeper relationship with the Lord Jesus. Plunge into the deeper waters by faith. Know the Lord your God. So grace abounds all the more. The the law came in so that the transgression would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. This grace is is what meganoita. It means may it never be. God forbid that it should happen. It's translated different ways. But it means may it never be. Uh, It's just logically impossible to to think these things because the grace of God as it abounds uh, removes us uh, from sin and from rebellion against God. So um, we are the offspring of a new class of people. Uh, We're the offspring of a new class of people. I just wanted to say... um, uh, I want to throw in, I didn't put this verse in your in your notes, and you can write it down uh, because it's really worth having. But in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 19, uh, 2 Timothy 2 19, for those of you taking notes. Howbeit the firm foundation of God standing stands, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his, and let everyone that names the name of the Lord depart. From unrighteousness, so if we d- depart from unrighteousness, the uh, the unrighteousness of heart and life, uh, the idea of uh, of the deed violating law and justice, and the act of, of of unrighteousness is is what we what we're talking about. Departing from unrighteousness means to to leave those things behind, um, and. It's it's kind of there's a kind of a beautiful illustration in in the person of Lazarus. Uh, Lazarus was uh, when Jesus uh, raised him from the from the grave, uh, and Jesus spoke uh, some words there, a couple of phrases. The first was Lazarus, come forth. And we saw the power of Jesus Christ. We saw the glory of our Lord Jesus, and the the power. Uh, that in authority that he's given over death. So Lazarus comes forth from the grave, and that's that's kind of the idea of justification. We're released from the guilt and the penalty of our sin, which is death. And Jesus Christ displayed that wonderful, marvelous work uh, to tell us that we might know that I have power over death. I'm able to raise you from the grave I'm able to take away the penalty of sin. I'm able to do these things, but then the next phrase that he says as Lazarus comes out, you know it's almost humorous because he's wrapped up, you know he's wrapped up in these these grave clothes, and Jesus says, uh Loose him and let him go and and that's that's a good picture of sanctification because we we come up. Out of death with this new source of life that Jesus has given to us. And yet we have our grave clothes on. And and there's, there's need to be loosed that we might be let go of the freedom that is in Christ. Because Jesus said, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You shall be free. You're meant to be free. Not to be burdened with with uh, with sin with habitual sin that that drives you down and embrace your fellowship with the Lord our God that that went to such great ends to deliver us from sin, to deliver us from death to have fellowship with you he desires he wants for you to have time of intimate and close relationship with him he desires it it's it's what he he did sacrificed his son. He gave his son. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. What for? So that we might know him. So that we might be redeemed. So that we might be brought back to God. So that we might be reconciled to God. So that we might know the glory of who he is. And it's such a privilege that we've been given and we take advantage of it. And may may God put it upon our heart to release and put these things aside that we may love the Lord Jesus Christ and that we won't find it so difficult to pray and we won't find it so difficult to open the Bible and to give our attention to His Word because we love Him, because there's that desire, that thing that God put in our heart by the Holy Spirit that's been given to us that causes us to cry out, Abba, Father, I want to know you. I want to see your glory. I want to bask in your grace and know the glories of the eternal life that Jesus Christ has given me. I don't want to wallow around in humanity, in the humanity, in the fallen humanity of Adam one, but to the glory of Adam two, to our Lord Jesus Christ, who loved us and gave himself for us, who's perfect in all of his ways, glorious. In his person. I want to be like him. I want to be in his presence. We are the offspring. Of a new class of people. Isaiah 9.6. Had this to say about the Messiah. About our Lord Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born. <clears throat> unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. Jesus birthed us. Spiritually born again. Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jim Davis, you must be born again. There's life in Jesus Christ. He's that source of life. And our new nature is found in Christ. Christ fathered a new nature in us. A new creature. Therefore, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. It's glorious and beautiful and sweet what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. You're a new creature. Live in the freedom that God has given to you in being a new creature. Strive, Lord, uh, uh, within us that holiness which you have placed within us in Jesus Christ, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, "Abba, Father." Is when we come to worship, are, do we have that that cry of our heart? Uh, when we sing songs of praise, are we uh, do do we have that Spirit of His Son in our hearts, crying, "Abba, Father"? Uh, And basking in the relationship that God desires to have for us. And basking in the new nature that we've been given in Christ Jesus. I pray that we do. So uh, we died once for all to the ruling power of sin. Okay? Okay. Once we're all to the ruling power of sin. okay? Uh, Romans six two says, "May it never be? How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Uh, Christ fathered uh, a new and spiritual identity for us. He, he fathered a new and spiritual identity for us, okay? This is a second major point in your notes there. That which is born of the flesh is of flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Um, So we need to know some things here, and that's what Paul goes to in these verses. He says we need to to know our new identity in Christ. Uh, So what does he say here in in verse 3? Or do you not know? that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death so he's saying know something and there's there's three terms here in Romans chapter 6 that are that are hugely significant for us in sanctification process one is what we know because in our position of of who we are in Christ Jesus in our new identity he wants for us to know uh, certain things. And uh, and and that thing is being spoken of here is that you've been crucified. You've been crucified in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Um, but, but let me go on and give you the two other terms here. You can just mark them in your Bibles there. And you ought to circle them or do something with them uh, so that you highlight them and, and think in terms of... The, in verse 11, he says, Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. So there's reckon, that's, a, that's an imperative verb. He says reckon yourself. And reckon simply means uh, to have faith or believe that you're dead to sin. Okay, and we'll talk about that more later. Uh, but there's a third term in verse 13 that, that we're to yield ourselves to righteousness and sanctification. So these are, are some key terms and some major things uh, that... That we want to understand in our new spiritual identity in Christ Jesus. Okay? These are huge things for us. And they're, they're things that are worthy of, of, of us uh, spending some time and meditation upon these principles and these truths and what it actually means in the sanctification process, or if I can say it another way, in your personal experience of power over the sin that's in our life. Okay? It's it's sanctification. We need to know our identity in Christ, or do you not know that uh, all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? So uh, the idea of being baptized in Christ, what does that mean? The basic and fundamental uh, meaning for... Um, for baptism is identity, it's being identified with Christ, um, so and that's how God sees you, and what's most important is not how you feel or what you think, but what God says about you, what God has to say in regard to this matter, and God has to say that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we call upon him to to save us, that in that just being justified by faith what happens is that we're baptized into Christ's death, and that means when Christ died, you are seen by the Father legally and forensically and justly as his being judge and you being accountable to him as your judge. He sees you as having died with Christ, being baptized into Jesus Christ. So when he looks at you, he sees Jesus Christ. Uh, And when he... Uh, the, the, The deficit for your sin that was paid for on the cross of Calvary was paid for by Jesus Christ. And you are seen and God has imputed to you something that you did not have. It was a gift. It is the gift of salvation. That's why it's by grace and that has been given to you. You have been baptized in Christ and you need to know it. You need to know that you've been baptized into Jesus Christ. That you have died with him in the Father, in the God that created you, in his eyes. He sees your sin as being fully paid because Christ substituted for you on the cross of Calvary and paid those, that penalty for those sins. Marvelous. It's marvelous and wonderful grace. It's something that when we think about it, it puts a smile on your face. It releases you to have peace with God, to be reconciled to God and understanding by God's grace through faith, I am right before Him, not because by any works that I have done, not because I kept the law, not because I worked works, not because I became a pastor, not because I worked with young people, not because of any of these things that I've done in my life have I ever been at the place to reach the glory of God. But because of the work of Jesus Christ and that one thing alone, I am righteous before God. I am perfect before God in Christ Jesus. And it's, it's so important to understand that in the covenant that was made in his blood <clears throat> that these terms being in Christ are hugely significant that we need to know. You have been baptized in Christ. You have been placed inside of him. You abide in Christ. And Christ abides in you. And in Christ you are righteous. You are declared righteous. You have righteousness imputed and given to you through no work of your own. And that's the bottom line. It's true in salvation. It's true in sanctification. That the righteousness of God comes to us on the basis of his grace. And on the basis of what uh, Christ has done for us. Okay, so <clears throat> you have been baptized into Christ. That means that you have been identified. The picture, and one of the things that are used is, is uh, they would baptize when they would, um, when they would, um, uh, they would take the, their clothes. And dip them into uh, the the color, into the colors, and and they the clothes became the color. <clears throat> so it was identified. <clears throat> they were baptized. They were dipped into. Sorry about my voice. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> they were baptized or dipped in, identified. <clears throat> and, and it came up the same color. <clears throat> okay. So there's a spiritual identity we need to know, and we need to know that our identity in Christ, is in Christ. Uh, we also have been baptized into his death. We have been baptized into his death. Okay. So uh, that means that we are immersed and seen in his death. And then. We get to. <clears throat> we need to know our new uh, position in Christ. Our new position. Okay, I'm not understanding what's happened with our our slides here. But <clears throat> Colossians three three says, "For if you have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God." <clears throat> and in. Ephesians 2.6, it says, and you have been raised up and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So our position is hugely important for us to understand. Because God has declared your position as having been crucified with Christ, having been raised up to walk in newness of life. And in in Ephesians 2.6, it says that we have been seated in, In Christ, in heavenly places. So your position is in Christ. If Christ is in heaven, you're you're being seen as seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus already. That's that's how God sees you. That's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to have a new source of life. That's what it means to have a new position in Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be born again into Christ's family and put to death in Adam's family. Uh, We're seen uh, because God doesn't see things linearly in time as we do, does he? That's why the Apostle Paul says, I know that he that began a good work within you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Because there's no time frame with God. He's eternal. <clears throat> he already exists in the future. He already knows what he's, he is, is the outcome is going to be before he has done it, before it's been enacted in human history. Uh, and we're seated. You're seen. You know what that means? That means there's a future day and time when that will literally be the case. We'll be in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Uh, but what it means now is that God already sees you as there. You already That's your position in Christ. And the position is a huge thing in regard to living the Christian life. To know these things about having been crucified in Christ. To know these things that he has raised you up to walk in newness of life in Christ. To know that he has seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's who you are. That is your identity. That's what Christ has done for us. And he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of being here to give thanks to God and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> By faith, <clears throat> we know um, that we have been baptized into Christ Jesus and we have been baptized into his death. Okay, so uh, there in verse 3, we've been baptized into Christ um so when he died, we are seen as having died with him. We're in Christ, and uh, we were baptized into his death. Okay, We've been baptized into Christ's death. So it brings us to verse 4. Therefore we are buried <clears throat> with him through baptism into death, so that Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so that we too might walk in newness of life. So we have a new nature in Christ Jesus. A new nature in Christ Jesus. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. That's our identity. That's who we are. And you say, well, I don't feel like I've been buried with Christ in baptism into death. Uh, But that's the gospel. That's the the things that we, we know and that we need to know in living the Christian life so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so that we too might walk in newness of life. So God, and, and this is the aspect of sanctification, it's for the here and now, that as Christ was raised up from the dead, and, and one day uh, there will be a resurrection of our human physical bodies. We will be given resurrection bodies according to Scripture. Uh, but before, in, in this interim time, Uh, As we walk in the flesh of Adam, and that flesh is still at enmity with God, uh, we may walk by the power of the gospel in this newness of life, in sanctification, in the truth of the power of God, the salvation of God, that which is of God is at work within us, doing in and through us what we are unable and incapable of doing ourselves, in our humanity, in the humanity of Adam. And that's the glory of the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not simply in regard to the penalty of our sin, but also in regard to, to what it means to, to living the Christian life and to know and experience righteousness and godliness in those things that was, it was attempted to do through the law, but with failure because there wasn't within the nature of Adam those things that that could be done. Uh, But there needed to be a transformation of the heart. There needed to be uh, this new birth. There needed to be regeneration, spiritual regeneration, something that would happen on the inside of the person. Doesn't it make sense that God... In His power and His glory, said He looked upon man that couldn't do anything but continue to sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. None that seeks after God, none that understands. Uh, you know, and it's a whole list of, of horrible uh, place that we are in Adam. And God looked at it and said, "There's got to be an inner transformation of the heart, and it's there's there's going to have to be a work that only uh, only My Son can do." Uh, for our salvation. And God did it through Jesus Christ. The glorious means by which He, he saved us and brought us into this new life is, is a wonderful thing. So, our nature is dead and buried in Christ's baptism. Uh, our, our old man, and, and so, and it brings us to verse 11 there, you know, we talked about, and likewise, reckon yourself to be dead indeed unto sin. What do we do? We know these things. That God has to say, and so by faith we believe them. And what happens with, in Romans chapter 4, we studied what happens by faith. We're declared righteous, right? The, the power of God is, is known through the law of faith, not through the, the, the law of Moses, not through the works of men, not through other means, but through the power of God. Uh, by God's grace and through faith in Jesus Christ. So dead people don't continue in sin, right? Dead people don't continue in sin. You try to entice me with sin, if I'm dead, there's no response, right? So uh, if we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, uh, then uh, that is is the, the the mental attitude that God calls us to. You're dead to sin. Be dead to sin, be alive to God. Walk in newness of life by the power of God and by the grace of God. He said, well, that's kind of a confusing thing how this sanctification works in our lives, uh, but it's it's the power of God by grace through the law of faith. And remember it's been demonstrated to us in the life of Moses, I mean in the life of Abraham, and in the life of David. Uh, and Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness, right? God didn't have to do with, with certain things that Abraham did. It had to do with believing in the power of God and we make our boast in God. He's the God of our salvation. He's the one that's able to deliver us. He's the one that's able to, to make the holiness that he's given to us in Christ Jesus, a reality in our lives. But it's a power of God that must work within the people of God. And there's a, a submitting of our will to his will. Here's his word, and he says, uh, do this. And so we say, well, I'm going to try, try, try again to do it. And and we we can do that uh, in the energy of the flesh sometimes. And sometimes we can get away with a little behavior modification But when we know the spirit and the power of God doing in us and through us those mighty things, it's a wonderful thing. And I always use this verse. If we abide in Christ and his word abides within us, then we shall ask what we will and he shall grant it to us. So what does that mean? In, In the context of John chapter 15, when God's will and your will are the same, ask. Ask God to do in and through you, what you can't do for yourself. And the power of God, the will of God, will be accomplished in the people of God because our will and God's will are one and the same and the power of God will do what we can't do within us by the law of faith. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense to you because it's the key to, to actually experiencing some of the glory of of the eternal life, of the Christian life that that our Lord Jesus Christ has given to us. 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 15 says, For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Do you hear the... The, the heart of the Apostle Paul here, it breathes the spirit of the living God, the spirit of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus died, and and so therefore uh, we all died with him. One died for all, then all are dead. We're dead in Jesus Christ. We're dead to the temporal, to the passing, to the the. Uh, mortal things of this world and alive to the spiritual, eternal things of God through Jesus Christ. One has died for all and all are dead. I hope that you walk out of this place and see your person as an alive dead man. (laughs) Alive! Gloriously free in Jesus Christ. If the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And freedom is that wonderful and glorious opportunity that we've been given to not be controlled by our passions, uh, by our greedy and selfish and self-focused lust, but for that greater glory and goodness of God and righteousness uh, that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. So our new nature walks in the newness of life. Galatians 5:25 our new nature uh, it it walks in the in the newness of life Galatians 5:25 says if we live by the spirit let us also walk by the spirit so if you've been made alive if you have this new source of life in Jesus Christ if you have this new position that is in Christ let us walk by the spirit that means that we that we daily live and walk in light of that truth in light of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Not I, but Christ. Not I, but Christ. Will you relinquish that to the lordship of the one who loved you and gave himself for you? Uh, Relinquishing the, the throne of your heart, the throne of your life for his control? Yielding yourselves to walk by faith, to walk in light of, of the, his right to be seated on the throne of my heart. That's where my affections are. It's what I long for. It's what is important to me in life. And where our time, where our energies, where our money, where our, our, our life in this world is devoted to is where our treasure is. Uh, if it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a change there's a, there's a a, a, a a an inner source of of new life that is given to us by Jesus Christ. So the resurrected Christ is manifest in our mortal flesh uh, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. I pray that god's people would go out from this place, and there would just be the glory of God like Moses coming down off of of Mount Sinai and and they had to cover his face because the glory of, of God's presence and His goodness and and His person uh, of the, the Shekinah glory just moved with Moses. And may it move with you as God's people. May the glory of Jesus Christ be manifested as you die to self that the life of God, that the life of Christ is manifested in you. Second Corinthians 4.11 has this to say, for we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. It reminds me of of what you know our passage there in in uh, Romans chapter five says. And not only do we glory in the uh, do we hope in the glory of God, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works perseverance and perseverance. Uh, tested character and tested character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts uh, through the Holy Spirit that is given unto us. That's the glory of God. It's the glory of Jesus Christ. And may that Spirit go with you this day and this week. Father in heaven, we pray that, that men might see our good works and glorify you, our heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that we would know and bask in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we would reflect his glory uh, because you have done such great and marvelous and miraculous things. You have done what we could not do for ourselves. Uh, And, God, we uh, pray that our relationship with you and with our Lord Jesus, that we might frequently cry, Abba, Father, that we might frequently spend uh, this week in prayer, in your presence, uh, in the study of your word, and acts of sincere worship because the love of God has been poured out, been lavished upon us, your grace lavished upon us through your Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Father, we thank you. Uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for your people gathered, for those that are online. May your blessing be with them and may the power of Christ's salvation be manifested in our mortal flesh. We pray in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen.